Christian and Tessa, I need to ask you a very serious question. There is a pizza. Why flip me off when I say I'm going to ask a question, Tessa? Because I knew you were being sarcastic. And so the minute that you were like, I'm going to ask you a serious question, I was like, I you. Uh, <laughs> I was, what? <laughs> My serious question was, there is a pizza commercial. The mascot is wearing a toga, sandals, he has like the huge nose, and he has a spear with some pizzas on it. He stamps the, sp- the spear, the pizzas flip, and he says something. What does he say? Oh, God. It's a Little Caesars, right? Yeah, it's a Little Caesars commercial. But I can't remember what he says. Carrie, this do is also a question for you. know what he says, or are you just asking because you, you don't know? No, I'm, I'm legitimately that. curious. Carrie, what do you think he says? Because I think it's like a... It's like a uh, Yanni Laurel situation. Uh, oh, I thought it was pizza, pizza. It's so it's pizza, pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, pizza, okay. pizza. It is pizza, pizza. Tessa, what is yeah. it? I don't watch commercials. She doesn't know. Of course, she's never uh, seen it. She's too young to watch commercials, yes. really. Um, uh, See, I knew, I knew that I was going to need to flip you off. So I was just, I was just getting prepared. <laughs> Save your finger, Tessa. Okay, so it I think it could either be pizza pizza or piece of pizza. Piece of pizza. It's pizza pizza. pizza. Well, sure. Is it pizza it pizza? Says that it shows the words. No, it doesn't. Yeah. It yeah. does on some of them. Does it really? It just says yeah, pizza pizza? You don't know. I know. Yeah. But I love you pizza, and I'm supporting pizza. you, Carrie. What? Carrie calls you out on you not knowing something, and you say, yes, I support you, Carrie. But I say, hey, I want to ask you a question real quick, and you're like, f*** this dude. <laughs> it's because we love you, David. <laughs> I don't understand. David, yeah. why would their motto be piece of pizza? Because you want a piece of pizza. Come get, come to Little Caesars and get piece a piece of pizza. of pizza. No, you're supposed to get a whole pizza because they're $5. It's like piece of pizza. Why would, you can't go to Little Caesars and get one piece of pizza. Bet. There's a Little Caesars okay. right around the corner. I will Bet. walk in and say. Go right I now. Would like, I would like you a piece get, of pizza. We're recording. Get a personal, you can get like a personal thing, but it's not one slice. It is a single slice. It's not. A single piece of pizza. I don't know if you can buy it by the slice. All right, listen, guys. I knew it was pizza pizza all along. No, you didn't. I just wanted a, I just wanted a dang cold intro clip. That's it. Hello, friends. My name is Chris Polk. And you are listening to the Misconceptions Podcast. Oh, dang, oh, shoot. This mm, wrestling on the ground. This is a like tree bear monkey thing. It's huge on me. Just gonna wrestle it real quick. Why are my brothers? Gotta keep this thing out of my varmint.
ready? Is that not what we were doing this whole time? <laughs> yes. No, I was just, just being ready. I was gonna do the. I was gonna do the previously on, but I didn't want to like start it and then someone be like, "Anyways, little Caesars." Mm, no, that's no. you. That's me. That's oh, was that my bit? You. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna start now. Previously on Misconceptions, the crew enlisted the help of Woodard Lockley and Mohammed Katan to fill out their team and continue their investigation into just what is going on in the city. And the crew uh, got together and went to 123 Blanco Street, the former apartment complex owned by Mr. Smalls and inhabited by the mother of James Williams. Uh, but the apartment complex oh, was gone, and what stood in its place was a new water treatment plant. But before the crew could investigate it, the water treatment plant exploded, and a uh, the force of the explosion pushed all the mist and vapor in the area away. And as the mist was stripped away, the crew was able to see the city as it actually is, unobscured, by the mist, a hodgepodge of different myths and legends all thrown together next to the mundane and everyday. Um, the crew investigated the ruins of the water treatment plant, found a well similar to the ones that they have uh, found before, um, with some machinery sticking out of it, but they weren't really to figure out what was going on, and so they left. And as they were leaving, they saw three brothers in matching track suits jogging up with a big swallow cup. They filled the big swallow cup, they ran away, and the crew followed them. Followed them back to an unassuming house. And inside this house is where we pick up. The camera uh, comes in on a house kind of with an overgrown lawn, an oak tree in the front, a nice picket fence around its exterior. It passes through the doorway, and as it passes through the doorway, the facade of a house fades away, and inside is a cavernous drinking lodge, a dining hall. Uh, akin to what you would find in a Viking uh, era story. There are uh, bare earthen floors with bare skin rugs. There is a vaulted roof of timbers and thatch. There are braziers of fire in the four corners of the room and long uh, wooden dining tables with benches next to them. Uh, and we see Fay and Woodard uh, standing near the doorway of this huge dining hall, which is much bigger than the house outside. Uh, Woodard has his spectral bow pulled tight with two arrows pointing at two of the triplets uh, a couple of yards away. And uh, at the rear of the hall is a little raised dais with two of those burning braziers next to it. But in the place of what would be a throne or some ornate table or anything like that is a rocking chair. And in this rocking chair is an older woman 
with blue jeans tucked into brown cowboy boots with turquoise stones embedded in them. Uh, She is wearing a flannel shirt, loosely unbuttoned around the collar, her sleeves rolled up, her hair pulled back into a bun, and uh, she has the big swallow cup held in both hands with a little uh, bendy straw sticking into her mouth. She takes a big slurp of it, resounding throughout the cavernous hall, and she looks down the hall at Faye and Woodard, and she says, Well, it's about time you got here. It's nice to see you again, Miss Minnie. It's been a while. It sure has, hasn't it? She takes another (laughs) of the big swallow. Where are um, Muhammad and Esther? Muhammad is outside in full bear form, wrestling with one of the brothers. That's right. And Esther is crouched down right around the corner uh, I think she got up onto the porch and was right next to the door. I don't even know where to begin with you. I have so many questions, and yet um, I don't expect you really to give me any answers. So I guess the first question is, um, why were you expecting us? Well, honey, I, I know full well the amount of trouble you've been causing for... Uh, my peers and I, uh, and I reckon you were going to find your way to this abode. Uh, uh, quite frankly, I thought you were going to find yourself here a lot sooner, but uh, hey, you're here now, so ain't no how to do about it. But hey, if we're going to be talking, why don't you make yourself comfortable? She uh, gestures to one of the benches and uh, tables. Can I roll a perception? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Faye glances up at Woodard in a like you've got my back kind of look um, and slowly walks towards the bench um, can Faye see Esther um you can see just like the periphery of her she is leaning up against the door jam in the open door okay as Faye sits down, um, she moves the bench a little um, to make a loud noise so that Esther and if Muhammad could hear um, and was close enough would know like where in the room she was. Yeah. Uh, so you, you scoot that, making a, uh, a loud noise on purpose. Uh, Woodard nodded at you when you looked at him. And he kind of trails behind you with his bow still drawn taut. Two arrows aimed at these two uh, two bruisers, and they they are tensed and ready to pounce. But they keep looking back at their ma to see what she says. Low key, Faye is like swooning with Woodard, like just walking behind her with like two arrows ready to shoot two guys she's just like oh my gosh <laughs> he's so great mm-hmm. as she's walking um oh so sorry low key esther is rolling her eyes <laughs> high key esther is rolling high her key. Eyes. yeah yeah um yeah. so i assume you're with the cabal then no, 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 honey. If we're going to be asking such formal questions as that, we should bring in your buddies. Uh, boys, 
Why don't you go get them? I was gonna say, can Muhammad start dragging the other guy through the door now? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, so let's let's cut outside to, uh, or I guess let's cut to the door as Muhammad is dragging in one of the brothers. Uh, Muhammad, are you still in bear form? Yeah, fully in bear form. I've just got the guy's ankle in my in my jaws, and I'm just pulling him inside the door. Yeah, and he is he is huffing and puffing belabored breaths. His two brothers look at him and like, really? You you lose the cup, and now you get whooped by a bear? <laughs> He's like, hey, man, he jumped out of the tree. I couldn't even see him. It wasn't my fault. Esther, what are you doing? Well, rolling my eyes, but... <laughs> um, Besides that. So everybody's inside now? Mm. Muhammad just uh, walked up the porch past you, dragging the, the brother. I will step inside with my hand on my gun. Oh, my gun's not drawn. It's just... So it's in your holster. Okay. So you step in, hand on your gun. Uh, Mohammed in bear form. Uh, one of the brothers in the middle. Two of the brothers on the outside. Uh, face sitting down. Mohammed, not Mohammed. Woodard right behind her with arrows drawn. And Miss Minnie just rocking contently back and forth in her rocking chair. Shall we return to the original question? Sure, sure. <laughs> So you are bar- part of the cabal? Yes or no? Yes, I am. Mm, and proud of it. Well, uh, not so much proud of it as uh, there's no reason in denying it. So what's your job? All right. Now, see, here, here's the deal. Um, I don't have any love for the cabal. Um, but she, uh, loosens her, uh, collar a little to show her neck. And you see, uh, even from the distance you are at, you see a jagged red line running along where her neck meets her collarbone going all the way around. And she says, uh, up until quite recently, uh, I was dead some um, enemies of mine did not like the knowledge that I possessed, and so they beheaded me. Um, members of the Cabal saw to it that my head was reunited with my body, and uh, as part of the enchantment that keeps my head on my torso, uh, I cannot say anything that would endanger or hinder their operation. So while I am happy to answer your questions, uh, you will have to be careful about which questions you ask. Okay, but what do you do for the Cabal? Well, all right now, uh, you see, I have uh, a very intimate knowledge of the mist and uh, how it works. And so uh, the Cabal has enlisted me for my knowledge uh, about how the mist works uh, so that they can um, exploit it and manipulate it how they see fit. What are they exploiting the mist for? Their own power? Um, well, you see, 
without getting too gritty and, you know, my head falling off, as I did state before. Um, they are wanting to use the mist to enact their own goals. The mist is very important to uh, what they want to do. Who beheaded you? Some real dirtbags, let me tell you. But they are not important to you. They have my own special brand of retribution coming down on them. Faye seems deep in thought um, and kind of like scrunches her eyebrows and is silent. Miss Minnie looks at Woodard and says, Oh, honey, you can put those two sticks down. They ain't going to do much good here. Uh, believe me, if I already wanted you dead, these boys would have wiped the floor with you. And if they couldn't wipe the floor with you, well, <laughs> I'm their mother. Ain't that right, boys? And they all go, yes, ma'am. Woodard uh, slowly dispels his bow and sits down on the bench next to you. Uh, what are we doing here, Faye? I guess I'm trying to piece together your story. And I find it quite difficult. Um, there ain't there ain't much to it, Sweet Cheeks. I, I'm the smartest woman that ever lived, and the people that didn't like how smart I was killed me because what I knew. And now I'm back from the grave, and uh, I can't say certain things. When you say you're back from the grave, were you actually in the grave, and then they brought you back, or did they bring you back before you got to the grave? That is an excellent question, and uh, I was awakened before I was reunited with my body, and let me tell you, uh, have you ever heard of phantom limb syndrome? Well, just imagine phantom body syndrome from the neck down. It is a doozy, Uh, but uh, yes, I was brought back before I was reunited with my body, and uh, they explained the terms of my contract to me. I agreed to them because I wanted to be alive again, and uh, well, here I am. So, did you, do you believe in what the cabal is doing. Oh, hell no. Then why did you agree to their terms to come back to live a life that is... she wanted to be alive. Yes, Esther. I know that. But why, why did you come back to a life where you couldn't live out what you believed? And you were chained to them. What's the point? Well, I believe uh, any life uh, is worth living. Uh, and so I intended to live it. And also, uh, while I'm alive, it is much more easy for me to get revenge on the people that did this. And she shows her jagged neck wound to you again. Did this to me. Can't really do that when I'm ahead sitting at the bottom of the ocean. When did this beheading happen? A long time ago. <laughs> 84 years later. <laughs> uh, Muhammad's gonna shift back and uh, stand up. You know, Faye, I don't think... I don't think we're gonna get any questions asking her about herself like that. Ah. Uh, what is the... What's the Cabal's endgame, then? Is it for the mist to be gone? Oh, well... 
not not necessarily um you see um they don't want it to be gone but uh the cabal wants to manipulate the mist so that they can control the stories that are being told by the mist you know like if um some some superhero do-gooder would be manifested in a certain person that would disrupt the cabal's plans uh they would snuff it before it even took seed uh so uh what they are doing is they are uh, studying the mist and seeing how to cut it off from manifesting in certain people but also how to manifest it more strongly in others namely themselves so they're uh, controlling who gets powers and what powers they get. Well, here's a good thing, Sweet Cheeks. Uh, they're not there yet. That's what they want to do, but they ain't there yet. But they're getting there. What is the purpose of them controlling the story? What story do they want to tell? <clears throat> She clears her throat and kind of runs her hand across a scar on her throat. The person in charge of the cabal would like for their story to be the most important story. And if they get to control what stories manifest, they can make sure that their story is the most powerful. What do you know about gingerbread men? Oh, a lot. I, they are pretty tasty. Uh, I like mine with a little bit of uh, orange nutmeg kind of baked into the gingerbread. Um, now, they're good. Uh, it's fall right now, so we don't really have any. Uh, can't wait till winter, though. They really start to pop off in winter. I'll probably send the boys out to get some. Um, What's about living gingerbread? Oh, living gingerbread man. Now, see, there's something interesting. Well, um, in the arcana realm, there are certain things called homunculi. Um, and homunculi can be made of many different ingredients. And, uh, someone is making homunculi out of gingerbread. But I ain't naming no names. She takes another sip of her uh, big swallow. Is that what keeps you alive? What, this? Yes. Oh, no, no, no. You see, uh, the Mist and I are kind of uh, intertwined, and I have been sipping of it uh, as long as I can remember. Do you know the Rat Pack? I do. Do you know where they are right now? I do. Can you share? I cannot. It's great. This is a good conversation. Cool. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Indeed, 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 indeed. <laughs> do you happen to know any Vikings? Hmm. No, but I know the bastards they worship. And she, uh, 
messes with her, fidgets with her collar a little bit. I was brushing up against her neck wound. So the Vikings beheaded you then? No, no, no. The bastards they worship beheaded me. Who do the Vikings worship? Honey, you are going down a rabbit trail, and I'm going to cut you off right there. This is my personal story and has nothing to do with your overall investigation. I've noticed that so many of our stories um, relate to stories that one might read their child at bed. I wonder if the person in charge of the Cabal has a story that we might all know. So you're trying to get her to reveal what story the the mythos of the Cabal comes from? 100%. Yeah, okay. Uh, Let me think of... But without her telling me. Yeah. um, Well, if the leader of the Cabal was going to tell a a story, it would go uh, about, you know, themselves. It would go something like this. A long time ago, there was a, uh, a knight who uh, was a crusader, uh, and uh, they went on down to, uh, you know, the Middle East, you know, doing their stupid crusade stuff, and uh, there was a dragon who uh, was terrorizing that village, and that night done near killed him, uh, and for some reason that I just can't put my finger on it, the leader of the Cabal really doesn't like that story. Faye glances around. Confused, but contemplative. Contemplative? You mean contemplative? (laughs) I caught it. You did. (laughs) Do you know Morty? She nods her head slowly. I did. How did you know him? We killed him. Esther clenches her fist at her side. Why? He knew too much, and he got caught. Did you kill Mrs. Williams? Did I? No. Did the Cabal also kill Mrs. Williams? Yes. She knew too much? No. It was just she was stubborn. And, uh... We needed that property. And as long as she encouraged the others to stay in the property and not give it up, we could not have it. Uh, so she had to go. And then you erased her son's memories? Oh, no, 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 honey. That well, that was the mist's doing. Why did Paul St. George have to die? <sighs> All right. Now, I'm going to tread very lightly into these waters because just one misspoken syllable could easily unravel everything. And by everything, I do mean my neck. And the reason Paul St. George had to die is because, and she's like struggling and parsing her words together, the leader of the cabal fears him the most. In a hypothetical world, why would a big company um, be sold? 
in a hypothetical world to make hypothetical money. Sure. But then why would that hypothetical money be donated to hypothetical charities? Well, hypothetically, uh, the person might feel guilt for different things that they have hypothetically done in their past and uh, now seek to atone for it. It sounds like they were already in too deep by the time they decided to change their way of life. Well, not so much that he was in too deep, uh, but just his uh, existence. Was that the end of a sentence? It was, because I started to feel a scratchy feeling at the back of my throat, and uh, I'm just going to be careful. Was that David saying that he has a tickle in his throat and he didn't want to cough? Nope. Or was that the whole thing? That was just many. She thought it was going to cut her head off. Yep. <laughs> I was real confused. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 83 of Misconceptions. I'm your host, David White, and I hope that you're enjoying this episode. And before I let you continue enjoying it, we got some show notes to go over. We are getting nearer and nearer to the end of Misconceptions. After the final episode of Misconceptions, I am going to sit down with the crew and we are going to record a Geek Out After the Series, kind of similar to our Geek Out After the Season, uh, but this will be encompassing the entire series, and uh, I will be answering any questions that the crew has. I'll be talking about my initial plans for the story, um, and uh, also... I would like to answer any questions that you, the listeners, have. So if you have questions that you would like to submit for me to answer for the Geek Out after the series, please send them to misconceptionspod at gmail.com or go to our Discord channel and post in the Burning Questions channel. As you know, we do have a Patreon. Our Patreon pays for our sound effects, our music, It also allows me to pay our performers for the awesome work they do on each episode. And right now, we are trying to get to $500 a month so that I can pay our editors for the amazing work they do after recording ends. Getting the episode ready to go every other week, uh, I would like to pay them for their hard work. And right now, we are so close to our $500 a month goal. We are less than $10 away. So if you are a friend of the show and you have considered giving before but haven't given yet, consider now the time to do so. Help us get to that $500 a month goal so we can pay our editors for the amazing work that they do. And speaking of our patrons, I would like to give a shout out to our three newest patrons who has helped us get so close to our $500 a month goal. First up is the Blind Prince. Blind Prince, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence and for your lovely comments over on YouTube. Thank you so much for your support on our Patreon. Samantha Murid, 
I hope I am pronouncing your name right, Samantha. Uh, M-U-I-R head. Muirhead. 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 Samantha, how have you pronounced your last name? Thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. We really, really appreciate it. And last but certainly not least, Phil Montgomery. Phil, what are you doing? What are you doing? Giving to us. Giving this money to us. Phil, thank you so much for becoming a patron. Thank you so much for being a friend of the show. And Dragon Tiger Fight. That is it for our show notes. Let's get back to the episode and let's see what other answers can the crew get out of Miss Minnie. Um, human form of Pip Hamill still alive? Yes. You said you expected us, but do you know who we are? I do. Esther Black. One of the uh, four most wanted people in the city presently. Faye Lockley, formerly Faye Carver, formerly an elementary teacher. Mohammed Katan, a practicing uh, attorney out of Lockley and Catan Associates. And Woodard, well, he's just a piece of pie to look at. Look, I mean, look at him. It's a tall drink of water, that boy. <laughs> and Woodard shuffles uncomfortably behind Faye. Faye steps, or kind of scoots a little bit in front of him and glares at Miss Minnie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, calm down. She's not going to take your place. Well, hold on now. Do you know Linda? I sure do. Um, do you happen to know who her sidekick is? Often um, seen as um, someone in a wolf mask. I sure do. You're not going to give me the name, are you? Uh, even if I wanted to, I could not. That's wonderful. So... Why the gingerbread replacements? She scratches her neck a little and swallows nervously. He was an important moving piece and he had not yet moved into his checkmate position and it was very difficult for him to do so in his current state. So he wasn't cooperating, so you took things in your own hands. He was um, incapable of cooperating. I don't think we're getting much else out of her. Oh, I mean, there's a whole hell of a lot you could get out of me. You just ain't asking the right questions, or you must plumb forgot. Because believe me when I say that I would like nothing more than to see the cabal brought down to its knees so that I could go about my own damn business. And as she says that, the like lights in the braziers kind of lower and it gets a little colder and darker. 
and she uh, pushes herself up in her rocking chair to stand or to sit a little more straight. And she digs her nails into the wooden armrests. And then she slowly eases back into her chair, begins rocking again, takes a sip of her cup filled with the mist of the city, and the light and warmth returns to the hall. Well, what is your business? Killing the sons of bitches that killed me. Well, uh, I know you can't say anything, but, uh, what about your boys over here? They look at each other with eyes wide. Oh, you wanna, you wanna talk to me? Us? Him? Who? Where? I don't think that we're gonna get much out of them. Just saying. Is Linda the true leader of the cabal? (laughs) No. But a whole lot of our operation is hinging on her right about now. What happened earlier today? When the mist disappeared? The cabal is moving into our endgame. Why do you drink the mist? For as long as I can remember, the mist and I have been intrinsically intertwined. Before any buildings were here before I was here and I'm I'm old as hell let me tell you that right now I, I still look good but I'm old as hell but even before I was here the mist was here before the first uh, road was paved before the first bricks were laid the mist was here the city wouldn't exist without the mist um, just as we are all Uh, incarnations of different stories and mythologies the story itself nope the mist itself is an incarnation the mist is the incarnation of the story the mist exists to tell a story it built this city it made this city so that it could tell an infinite amount of stories it infects different people with different stories different desires different powers so that they can all act out different stories it withholds certain powers and stories and abilities from certain people so that they can be background characters in the story the mist is connected to every story that was ever told every story that will ever be told it exists outside of time and the whole reason this city is here is because the mist wanted to tell a story plus it has just the best taste. It's like cherry cola dialed up to an 11. And she takes another sip of her mist cup. I am a caretaker of the mist. 
Just as a tree needs to be pruned and replanted and cut down and sometimes a forest needs to be burned, uh, I take care of the mist. Uh, It is my job. It has been my job for hundreds of years. And um, I exist to keep the mist safe. Uh, And in return, the mist departs its knowledge on to me. At that, Esther nods her head understandingly. As they were talking, um, Faye... I don't know. I was going to say pulled out a piece of paper and pen. Um, Sometimes she has a backpack on, sometimes she doesn't. Or her phone, I don't care. But Faye starts writing down, like, a list of questions. Okay. So Faye is furiously scribbling. Yeah. If you don't mind, um, I have some questions that appear unrelated that I would like to run through. I ain't got nothing better to do. True. Um, so you are a caretaker of the mist. Is, um, Lisa in the forest also a caretaker of the mist? Oh, Lisa, that old gal. No, she ain't a caretaker. She, I mean, she is in a sense. She is a caretaker of nature, but she is not a caretaker of the mist. Uh, and I think she's been getting kind of friendly with the mist. I think she's been kind of sipping off of my, my juice. Uh, and I've had, I've talked to her because, I mean, to drink of the mist is to completely warp your mind so uh she might be going a little bit crazy but uh she's not a caretaker of the mist she's more of a caretaker of nature and green stuff i see um what about agatha 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 oh agatha agatha's halfway house um no I mean, she, again, she is sort of a caretaker, uh, but she is a caretaker of, uh, broken things, and really, truly, she is an exploiter of broken things. Who is Mr. Smalls? Mr. Smalls? What purpose does he serve? Uh, I mean, Mr. Smalls was a, uh, uh, a a realtor and kind of small time, um... If you're asking how he fits into the larger scheme of the cabal, uh, he owns some properties that we needed. And we bought them. (laughs) Yes. Why was Len involved? Because we needed someone to look like him to sign off the different properties so that we could buy them. Because Mr. Small sure as hell wasn't going to do it, the greedy little bastard. Faye takes a deep breath, knowing that, yeah, that she killed Lynn and he literally did nothing wrong. Yep. So, you are aware that everyone here is, um, incarnation of something? Yes. That was a very, that was a very easy question to answer. Yes, well, it was a, it was a leading question. Um. Oh, all right. Who is the Sheriff of Nottingham in this world? Oh, Cooper Wheatley. That's what I thought. I just really wanted to confirm that. Thank you. <laughs> um, she looks at Woodard. So if you could go ahead and take care of that honey, that would be great. And like pats his knee. Um. <laughs> he looks at Muhammad and says, we've literally tried so many times. <laughs> so many times. 
is a real problem. Um, the monsters that were created from the drug. Why create them? To have an army. For which to fight the mist? No. This is a fun game. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you what, I mean, this is, I'm having the time of my life. You cannot understand how little meaningful conversation I have with my boys. I mean, I love them to death. Oh, no, we know. But they are about as thick as the mantle of the earth. There's nothing getting through there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we're well aware. All right. So I'm having a great time, y'all. This is great. I'm glad y'all came. So do your boys kill for the cabal? Um, that is not their main purpose. Their main purpose is just to go out and fetch me uh, a drink. Um, but I mean, if need be, they are strong as hell. I mean, they ain't strong as their maw, but I mean, they'll, they'll rough you up. I mean, that bruise forming around underneath your eyes tells me that you know how strong they are. Esther glares at her. You hear, uh, two of the boys chuckle over your shoulder. (laughs) Did they kill Morty? My boys? No, they did not have a hand in that, sweetheart. What do you know about Lena? Lena? She's a a lackey of Carmine Giuseppe's. uh, She has extensive knowledge of the city, but she ain't as smart as me. I mean, uh, she has to look in her books to figure stuff out, but I... She taps her forehead. I got it all right here. What about Javi? Another lackey of Carmine. Esther's just spinning her finger... Spinning her ring around her finger. Faye looks up from... Scribbling. Scrib... <laughs> Faye was scuba diving. Squibbling. Scribbling? Is that the word? Yeah. Okay, Faye that's, looks that's up... That's the word. Those are words. Faye looks up from scribbling down all of these notes and questions. Um, are you aware of the, um, the five Chad poker table thing? Yeah. So, so far we know that Pip, Linda, Jeremiah, and Jacoby were four of those chairs. Who is the fifth? You're looking at her, sweetheart. Bloody hell. Of course. What's the purpose? The purpose of what? Of of the five chairs. Of the table. Two of you are dead. We are five very powerful, influential people that were brought together to do a specific task. Uh, if you were us... And you wanted to bring down the cabal. Where would you go next? Well, if I were you, um, I would start looking for the person who all of this hangs on. That was the least helpful answer you could have given. And earlier you said that Linda, you said Linda was pretty important right now. You got that, Faye? She's not an easy one to find. The dominoes don't work anymore. And Faye glances at Minnie. Miss Minnie. Well, whenever you took her 
to the meeting room, she knew that those had been compromised, so she quickly deactivated them. Well, that makes complete sense now. I don't know why I didn't think of that before. <laughs> Much of our audience wonders it as well. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> if the mist, if you want the mist gone, well, the story would be, why pump the mist through the city using the water treatment plants? Oh, we're not... The mist pumps itself. Yeah, it does. We're we're not... Well, all right now. Do we need to leave the roof? <laughs> but anyways, uh, okay. the mist pumps itself through the city. The, the water treatment plants are just a front for a more nefarious purpose. How do we find Linda? Ooh! Boy, all right, if I answered that, my head would just roll. So let me just think about how to answer this real quick. Um, How do you find Linda? You start looking for her. Wow. Who knows how to find Linda? Who knows where to find Linda? Well, she is a tricky one to find nowadays. But at once upon a time, she had a job, and this job mailed her her checks every month. Uh, Presumably, they would still have her address on file somewhere. Um, But, I mean, that's that's just... That is just a presumption on my part. So we need to go to the news station. Where is your, um, new meeting place now that the domino portal... No, no, I'm just gonna stop you right there. That is a big, big no-no, and I could... I I could not even begin to parse words together that would not make my head fall off my neck. Where is Pip? She shrugs and she says, You gotta start looking. Miss Minnie... Do you think that we've just been sitting around? Well... I think that you've been allowing yourself to get pulled in a lot of different directions and circles uh, instead of going down the most obvious path. Faye blinks. We're going down. I'm yelling timber. You better move. You better dance. Say, um, turns slightly and looks. Oh, there's no way to communicate this slightly. Faye, Faye glances at Esther and is thinking in her mind. No, 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 no. Give us the, <laughs> give us the, describe what you physically do and let's see if Esther can parse it out. Okay. Um, Faye slightly turns, glances, just like with her eyes because that's how you glance (laughs) 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 show me your eyes (laughs) okay um 
Faye glances, turns slightly towards Esther, glances at Woodard, glances up at Esther with, like, the knowing Faye and Esther look, and then, like, glances without turning towards Miss Minnie, like, glances at Miss Minnie, and then back at Esther. I would like to go into Esther's mind right now, (laughs) and I would like for her to decipher what Faye has just told her. I don't know what the hell she wants. She keeps looking around. I'm not going to shoot the old lady, and I don't know why we're here anymore. I think we have information. We should just leave, but she's going to keep looking at me and looking at Woodard and looking at the old lady like I'm going to read her fucking mind. We come out of Esther's head into the rest of the scene. What Faye sees is <laughs> Esther rolls her eyes. <laughs> uh, Muhammad is just pacing at this point. <laughs> Faye's eyes widen while looking at Esther. <laughs> Esther widens her eyes and rolls them all the way around her. (laughs) I'm not gonna shoot her. Did you say that out loud? No. Carrie says that to Tessa right now. Uh, Well, Miss Minnie, it has been a um, surprising pleasure to speak with you. She nods and says, Well, thank you very much. I expected to have to kill you. (laughs) Honey, you couldn't kill me if you tried. You are a sweetheart, but my boys told me about how they whooped your ass down in that cube-shaped room. And let me tell you something. I'm their mother. I whooped their ass. Mommy cracks his knuckles. He didn't do too much to me. (laughs) <laughs> and then the the one that you were grappling says, well, you mean you jumped jumped on my back from a dang tree and I couldn't even see you coming. Well, um, thank you for your time. Um, I'm sure I'll see you soon. I hope not, because if I see you again, it's probably going to be under direct orders to kill you. So, hope to never see you again, but I hope to hear of your exploits. Also, if you see any Vikings dudes out there with tattoos and all that stuff, just kick them in the balls real hard for me. As they walk out, assuming that's what we're doing at this point, uh, Esther walks by one of the boys and kicks them in the balls. (laughs) (laughs) And then says, well, at this he responds. You kick him in the balls, and he doubles over. Oh, my giblets! Oh, sorry, I thought you were one of the Vikings she was talking about, and she walks out. His two brothers are doubled over laughing at him. (laughs) Uh. Esther smiles for the first time in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the, the four of you walk out the door into the the night air uh, stars twinkling in between the drifting clouds of mist overhead you're standing on the porch 
uh, surrounded by this overgrown front lawn. And Woodard excels, and you realize he's been holding his breath for almost the entire time you were in there. <sighs> All right, that was... Ooh, boy. So, where do we go now? Looks like we have a new station to, um, exploit. Well, let's go to the call, then. And as you walk across the lawn, uh, the camera zooms out and away and disappears behind a, uh, a veil of mist. End of episode. Thanks for listening to this episode. We'll be back with our next episode on May 17th. If you have a Facebook or Twitter, you can find us on both of those social media platforms to get up-to-date information about the show, behind-the-scenes pictures, and videos. We also have an email, misconceptionspod at gmail.com, if you would like to email us that way. We also have a Discord where you can chat with us directly and also chat with friends of the show. If you would like to join our Discord, please click the link below. This show is fully supported by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. If you would like to support us monetarily, please click the link below. City of Mist is an RPG created by Son of Oak. You can find more of their products at sonofoak.com. The Misconceptions theme music was composed by Aaron Wharton. You can find more of his music at aaronwharton.net. Misconceptions is a product of the Misconceptions podcast network. And that's it for this week's episode. Look out for the Miss Minis in your life. Find the answers to your own questions. And also, keep it nerdy, y'all. <laughs>